0: Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat.
1: Welcome back, my friends. This is Byron Jabard. I'm here with Gary Hall. This is Episode 61 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. Today, we have the interview with Yanash Zahad. He's from Jordan an article from jiu times dot uh, com a quote from our friend gustavo and uh at the end of the podcast we have a we have a uh review that uh kind of rips us up here gary what's up man
2: hey i'm still trying to uh, uh recover from our review from our friend andy dickey <laughs> he's uh he's one of our friends here from the show and he wrote a review so thank you andy
1: yep absolutely he we you know we asked for funny and and uh and interesting reviews that he did not fail to deliver um so what's up how are you doing uh, otherwise i'm
2: doing good today how about you
1: doing all right i uh i think i'm gonna be all right i tweaked my like a muscle in my rib in the in my, kind of in towards the back so i don't it's been two days and i am getting better every day uh i've had a rib injury before and it took forever to get to get better so i think this is just a little muscle thing so it's that's good
2: did you do it on the mats or Yeah, did
1: I work? did. I had it was it's always with ribs it seems like it's always weird. I had Mount and we were just uh, positional sparring and uh buddy Dusty uh you know was was working and he was shrimping and and I w- was twisting my body to kind of stay on top of him as he as he pushed me and it just I felt like a little muscle pull. And uh <laughs> suddenly my mount was never quite as good as it was that day. But and I was able to roll without a ton of pain but i wasn't able to roll that effectively
2: <laughs> Yeah, it always hurts when your ribs are injured they're always every move you make you use your ribs so uh it definitely does get a little painful but what i would recommend to you byron yeah go back and check out episode nine that's when we interview a paramedic about how to treat injuries so definitely uh, check out episode nine
1: i'll do that that's a good idea you and i'll, and I'll uh, hopefully get some little advice there
2: You know, you were the guy, the first time I hurt my ribs really bad, you were the guy who helped me out. I will tell a quick story. I'd been training maybe a year, year and a half, and uh, I hurt my ribs really bad. I couldn't even get up off the floor. Byron was the only one in the gym kind enough to help me up and throw me in my car.
1: (laughs) He got me in my car.
2: Nobody else would help me up, so I appreciate that, Byron.
1: I do remember you, I don't remember that event, but I remember you telling the story, and like, you did say, and throw me in my car. I, as you, I wasn't real gentle with I really real not It was
2: that bad. And it started feeling a little bit better. And uh, it was... I, I really remember that day. I just remember I was in so much pain and everybody just wanted to keep rolling. And you're yeah. like, yeah, I'll help you, Gary. So uh, I'm indebted to you, Byron.
1: Thank I, you. I remember the early days. Uh, since we're going to go down memory lane here a little bit. Uh, it, like every night, I would drive home and... It, it seems like I could not check my blind spot because my neck was too sore. I don't know what you guys are doing to my neck. But, you know, with, with experience and with some skill, that quickly went away. But I don't know. It, it took me a few months of, oh, I can't check my blind spot. You know, I'm going to signal for a little while and then kind of slowly go over that way. It I remember that as being a, a thing. And, I, and that was the youngest version of me that's grappled, you know. <laughs> well, so. we didn't
2: have a lot of technique back then. We were more pull in and using our strength and crank in and plus your neck isn't as conditioned as it is after many years of training either it's conditioned or you've built up so much calcium and uh, scar <laughs> tissue that uh, you can't feel it anymore
1: or i think maybe i'd tap sooner or i yeah maybe i don't let people mess with my neck as much i don't know
2: i, I think your neck's stronger and i think most people you're dealing with has a lot better technique i oh, remember i used to try to can opener yeah and,
1: uh, that never
2: worked because i got armboard.
1: Ah, well, that <laughs> seems like an, an all right deal for me. Well, this interview to today—it's interesting. Uh, Yunal know, is from Jordan, and it's—I really enjoyed not not just seeing everybody knows Brazil is the headquarters of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and then of course the United States has a lot going on, and and Europe is growing, but it's it's interesting to see it developing somewhere else. And Yunal know, started uh, pretty early. On in in the country of Jordan, um, it, there was him. It was kind of like who we were. It was, it was him and a bunch of new people, and, and they had to figure things out. And with it, you know, bringing in, bringing people in and and and, and getting a, a, a good instructor, it has it, developed over the years since he's been training. And he's he's quite the competitor. He's he's a brown button now, and he's he goes to Abu Dhabi quite a bit, and he he wins a lot of a lot of big tournaments down there. And uh, it's, it's interesting hearing how things are a little bit different. Like an armbar is an armbar, but some of their techniques have little different names. And it, you, you kind of hear me get confused about about what a technique might be. And, and I, he, you know, he talks about a favorite technique, and I don't know what he means. So describe that to me. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what he's talking about for his technique because we call it different things. So it's it's just – it's interesting hearing the, the differences. It's jitsu is the same. We all have the same body no matter where you are in the world. But it's it's a little different, and they're training – you could tell they're training hard and they're training uh, very effective, effectively. But I'm, I'm sure there, there would be differences if you if you went to the gym about what they're doing, and that's fine. But uh, it's obviously working for him. He's, he's doing great.
2: And didn't you just say he uh, just had a tournament and – Won the absolute, gi and no gi?
1: He talks about that. He, um, I don't know when that was. I can't remember. The, the interview was a couple of days back. But, uh, he, yeah, he won, uh, I guess it was uh, Abu Dhabi Cup in 2014. For That's He awesome. won the quadruple gold because I guess they have the no gi and gi like, like the, one day after the other.
2: Won his division and the absolute.
1: Yeah, in both. <laughs> quadruple gold. That's awesome. That, that is pretty cool. So and he's got a super fight coming up in February. He's excited about so a lot of cool stuff happening out there. It's it's all all over the world. When you have yeah. such a great art like this, it, when people get to learn about it, it's just going to spread.
2: And that's what it is. Everywhere you go now, you can probably find jujitsu somewhere, and uh, it's just growing and growing, and more and more people are going to be exposed to it and, and and get into our club and just enjoy the times.
1: Yep, yeah. Gary, you remember the great time we had last week with Gustavo?
2: We did it was an awesome time it was uh, really inspirational talking to him
1: yeah he's got his his d v d is out he's got a four disc d v d uh i'll put a link to it actually the link uh, that we'll we'll put up will be able to help the sh- support the show a little bit if you buy the d v d through there we'll get a little uh commission on that uh nothing you know if you don't want the d v d don't get the d v d to help us but if you if you're going to get in get the d v d if you click on the link it'll help us out um and we appreciate that if you know if it's for you um, great information on there. Um, if you're if you're questioning it, go listen to the podcast with him. And that and, and if and if you like what you hear, uh, and you want more the 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 four set the four DVD set, um, it's called the Dave Mental Coach.com, The inner discovery for outer success. Uh, it, it, hopefully, it would help you out.
2: And I think that's the missing thing. I think we all train hard. We all have good instructors. We have good conditioning you know strength conditioning cardiovascular workouts hopefully nutrition's good the one thing i think a lot of people are missing are, are, is the mental aspect and, and definitely go check out bjjmentalcoach.com uh will definitely help you help you get your head right get you in a positive mindset to go out there do work and have fun
1: yeah here's the good news gary
0: Good news. I like
1: good news. <laughs> oh, uh, Gustavo's giving us our quote of the week. So here we awesome. go. Let's, let's get to that. What do you think?
0: Let's hear Gustavo. If you're looking for a big opportunity, accept a big challenge. And everything I relate in my life, it goes back to this. Because if you stop to think about it and people are home too, like, hey, think about a, a – maybe a little challenge that you accept it became into opportunity and a big opportunity like like you you start becoming a, a, a firefighter because you train jiu Jitsu right yeah pretty much that's
1: yeah that's true I, I started training with guys that were firefighters
0: yeah you accept the challenge you're like you yeah, know let me try this jiu jitsu thing out. let me let me let me see this thing now you it, it became into a huge opportunity am I right yeah so when you stop to track a lot of the, the things like where you at in your life? Take a look at some of the challenges. that. How how many challenges have you been taking lately? You got to think about that. To so be like, man, opportunity never come up and things. Yes. And what have you been doing different? Yeah. Have you been trying anything different? You just did one thing.
1: If you that was Gustavo Dantes. If you are looking for a big opportunity, accept a big challenge. That's uh, interesting. You know, a lot of times we want the easy way to, you know, the quick. Method to success or you know, something like that. You want it today or tonight or you know overnight delivery or whatever. But things are hard, and, and if you want to have a big opportunity, a lot of times you do have to have a big challenge in order to, to get that opportunity, and that's not a bad thing.
2: No, it's not a bad thing. You're definitely – anytime you're going to take a big challenge, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be five minutes of work. You're going to have a huge challenge as Gustavo said there. It's – Work hard. Work. Uh, you're going to be knocked down. You're going to have to get right back up. You're going to get knocked down again. You're going to get back up, and it's a huge challenge. Um, but the huge challenge is going to pay off. Uh, you have to take chal- You have to take a take a big challenge, take risks to have a big reward.
1: Yeah. Th- just think about education, it, 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 whether it's like formal or you, you know trade school. There's that's a big challenge. But if you if you stick with it and you get through the the program that can give you big opportunities yeah, most things are not just handed to you easily
2: yeah nothing's handed you, you gotta go out and earn it you gotta go out and work for it and the, you reap what you sow
1: yeah and it's easy to see this in jiu-jitsu if you, I mean if you if you want a, a big opportunity you gotta accept the challenge you know if you want to win a big big tournament or, or or to do something you have a particular goal in mind you may have to step up and accept a big challenge in in, in, in order to get that achieved so that that's why they call him the BJJ mental coach. He's got great advice like that, guys. <clears throat> Gary, the music, so, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say, definitely uh, make sure you uh, check out our link there to uh, Gustavo's uh, four DVD disc, DVD disc set, uh, and, or check out his page at BJJ Mental Coach dot com.
1: Yep, uh, the music rolling in tells us that it's time for the article of the week. We've got an article from Jujitsu dot com. It's a that's a that's a really fun blog to read they have a lot of great content on there they always have real catchy titles that make me read them and then i read them and then i you know oh, that was cool three things you learned about yourself through ju- through jujitsu. yeah def-
2: definitely definitely uh, the first one they've got listed you are not as good as you think you are and I can tell you, I was in the same boat when I walked into the gym the first time. I was working out every day. I thought I was pretty strong. I was a good athlete. I was in really good cardio, vascular shape. And, and basically, I thought, this can't be that hard. Well, I walked out there. I got tapped out by everybody uh, numerous times at will. I had no clue what I was doing, and uh, I had a massive ego.
1: You got tapped out by both the other guys?
2: but <laughs> I was glad that you hadn't started yet because I would have got tapped out by you too. So, uh, yeah, I got tapped. I think there was actually like four or five people.
1: Yeah. Campus. I think you're probably right. But, uh,
2: it was a tough time. It was, uh, really opening experience, but I'm also that guy. I've got a lot of drive. I don't just quit. As, you know, as Gustavo was talking, I, it's a big challenge. I, I don't just quit just because I got destroyed. I, 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 Figured it was going to be a lot of hard work and I was going to, one day maybe I could be in the spot where I could tap somebody out. And that's what my goal was. That's cool. But definitely, you're you're going to learn that you're not as good as you think you are.
1: But, okay, point number two is you're better than you think you are, which comes into play a little later, but not much later. You know, a month or two in Jiu-Jitsu, your ego has been beaten up. Um but really and no, still none of your moves work all these guys are really good at jiu-jitsu and you you know a little bit about jiu-jitsu at this point in time and it seems like you don't know anything but when it, when the the newer person comes in your jiu-jitsu actually works and 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 so you are picking things up it seems like you're you're not going anywhere you're you're just standing still in your skill level but really you're getting better you're better than you were the first day um, by by a significant amount and, and it just doesn't feel any different because everybody else is they've got years of experience on you and you and your month or two doesn't even compare to their years but compared to you a, a little while ago you're way better you're better you know so i think i think that is true your ego does get beat up so badly at the beginning um that people you know they'll 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 think they're not that good at jiu-jitsu for a long time and, and you know to be honest you're not that good at jiu-jitsu for a long time. But compared to the average person who doesn't know anything, you're pretty good at jiu-jitsu. And it doesn't take that long to get pretty good at jiu-jitsu compared to the average guy who doesn't, who watches the UFC. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think everybody watches the UFC thinks you can just walk in there, grab a head, and hit a, hit a guillotine on somebody. And it's not that easy. And, and that's what I thought. But, you know, I think on this point, it made me start thinking about the coach. Your coach, your instructor, plays a very important role. Because it's so easy to quit when you first start, your instructor needs to tell you, "Hey, really, kind of what you just said right there, Byron, is you're really not that bad. You know, you've been going through it a couple months, and your ego's taking a big." you know beating but it's up to the instructor to to give you some encouragement to to keep you there and uh, I can think when we first started nobody really came behind us and you were better than I was you got better quicker and and I was the bottom guy in that room and at first I didn't realize how good it is to be the bottom guy in the room but uh you know my instructor would always tell me to keep keep going at it one of these days I'm going to get there and uh so I appreciate that yeah
1: I the John Castillo, he's in episode three. If you want to go way back, we talk about self defense. But he, he, he was always telling you, or telling me, maybe not telling you, <laughs> but telling me. He's like, no doubt, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, you're gonna, you're gonna understand this armbar a lot more, and you can really do it. No doubt, In a couple of weeks, your, your triangle is, you know, is, is going to be really nice. And then he would, you know, a couple of weeks go by, and I start to figure it out. He's like, man, that's really coming along nice, you know. Always that that the mix between like positive incur, you know, encouragement and when you're doing it wrong, let you know, hey, you know that you that's not that's not it, that's not it. You're not there, but no doubt, a couple weeks, we'll get you there. You know, we're in it together. We're gonna get you there. So I, I, I do remember a lot of encouragements about that. Gary, did you get any uh, positive feedback or we we <laughs> just kidding?
2: I mostly got hit with the stick. <laughs> <laughs> And anybody who's trained with John knows I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, point three, you must continue to advance your game and learn more. And really this is just true. You you've always got to keep expanding. You've always got to keep uh being innovative out there on the mat. Your training partners are gonna figure out your moves. You need to uh need to work on different stuff, put yourself in some bad positions and and always constantly uh evolve.
1: Yeah, I think You know, okay. The first two, one of them will apply outside the mat. Either you're not as good as you think, or you're better than you think. But jiu jitsu is different because, at one point in time, there's a transition between those two, and it it happens many times. I mean, you could, you know, you you get your your blue belt. Yeah, I'm a blue belt, and you go out there, and you're not where the other blue belts are quite yet. And that's you. You thought you were better than you were. And you get knocked down too far and mentally. So that kind of that, that happens. But the third one, you must advance your game to learn more. That's in everything. You know, if you want to be good at anything that you want to be successful at, whether it be jiu-jitsu or you know bowling, firefighting, or firefighting, basketball. you can't stop learning. There's 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 no excuse. There's so much information out there in the world. It's so easy to get to and there's always somebody willing to help you. There's no there's no reason to say I'm done. I know. it. You know, if you're if you imagine if your doctor got got the you know became a doctor and they just closed that book, put it it's away, like I'm done. I'm going yep. to get to work and that was 25 years ago. <laughs> and I'm a doctor 25 years back, but today that is that's old. That's no good. I want a doctor who's always learning. I want yep. uh, you know, I want People who are around me who are continuing to grow who don't put the in, an end chapter to, the, to whatever they're working on
2: that is good. I never thought of it that way. If, if I've got a doctor who said, "Hey, I've already read this book, and I have nothing else to learn. Time to switch doctors definitely <laughs> uh, you need to keep involved and keep learning and, and anybody can learn
1: yeah, and th- yeah uh, well it, it's
2: an ongoing process. it never ends, and you should look at it that way. You've never know enough. there's always more to learn.
1: I think that's – at a lot of jobs, people get – Complacent. They get complacent. And if you're having a – if you want to move up and you're not putting the time into – this reminds me of Gustavo's interview. You've got to invest in yourself if, if you want to, to do well in something. You can't expect just to be better. You know, If me and Gary are both working uh, at, at the bowling alley and neither one of us are, are trying to get anything better, oh, but Gary starts taking classes on how to do better customer service and, and all this stuff – He's either going to be managing me, or have a better job at at, at the batting cages before the, before too long, and I'm going to be stuck because I'm not willing to to work on myself at all.
2: Yeah, see, I would do it a little different. If I got promoted to the batting cages, yeah, when the machine broke down, I would just go out there and pitch myself. You're crazy. So we would always be taking in revenue. I'm a revenue <laughs> generator.
1: I knew that the the analogy. It's hard to make up a good analogy on the spot, and I think that little example I gave proved that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, that's the article. Justutimes dot com. They may make a bunch of cool articles, and you know, I just on Facebook like the page, and it seems like every other day I'm I'm reading a cool article that they that they post on there. It seems like so. It's I like Uh, that website a lot. Definitely check it out.
2: You you'll love it.
1: Gary, we've had a message from our friend Roy Marsh. Um, he's got a uh, guillotine seminar. If you're a guillotine person, uh, it, you get, or you want to get you want to get to be a guillotine person, which to me is one of the best moves. It's from your guard or from standing, or those are the two easiest guillotines to land. If I want a guillotine Gary from my guard and I miss it, I still got my guard. You know, if I want to triangle Gary, a lot of times he might pass my guard after my triangle fails. It's like a, I don't know. It's so it's so simple, but there's so much to it. The guillotine is beautiful. And then, of course, your guillotines from the top are even stronger, I think. But anyway, we got a little message here from our friend Roy Marsh about guillotines. He does have a a guillotine seminar for sale, and there's links to that in the show notes as as well as the Gustavo uh, DVD. So I'm going to play that, and we'll talk about it real quick here.
2: Okay, so probably the biggest mistake I see with guillotine, certainly in MMA, is guys grab the guillotine and the guy can still drive forward and perhaps even lift and dump him and take side control, and they don't have the guillotine choke anymore. Um, the way this stops, I, as long as he has a straight spine, he can drive forward. So when I get the guillotine and I start uh, the choke process, I want to make sure that I'm forcing his head looking back at himself This way, it's very hard for him to move forward. It's very hard for him to bring his hips underneath him. If I had his head looking at the mat or even at me, he could continue forward and take me down. But if I force immediately with my hips and my uh, lats pushing to make his head look at himself, not only is the choke more effective, but his ability to come forward and take me down is basically gone. Definitely a great piece of advice right there from Roy. You always hear, or I guess you don't hear enough about... Once you've got the guillotine, you're just used to, you know, okay, let's start applying pressure. But he makes a good point there. How many times have you seen somebody got the guillotine on? Next thing you know, the, the guy's still pushing forward. He pops your legs and he's in a side control. And so that's a great piece of advice right there to stop the guy from coming forward to be able to move to a better position. So uh, that's one thing I don't, I don't hear much about. I thought that was pretty unique right there.
1: It's amazing how much weaker a strong person will become when you mess up their spinal their alignment of their spine. It that that's a huge concept in jiu-jitsu.
2: Oh yeah, you figure every takedown, every sweep is bas based off of that. And, and and same thing here, you're you're making it so he can't just keep coming forward. You've taken taken position away, you've taken his strength away, you've moved the angles. And like you said, not only that you're making the choke more effective, so uh, you've made it more effective and you've more efficient and effective it's he can't pass and he's going to get he's going to go to sleep if he doesn't tap so great
1: advice yep that w- that was uh, Roy Marsh and we've got another couple more qu- more uh, tips from him f- for some weeks to come, so look forward to those guys um, if you're interested in getting like i said there's there's a link in the show notes, go by and find that and uh, it's available to uh to download his uh, seminar. A lot of good information on there if you're a guillotine person,
2: or if you're not a guillotine person want to get better. So, uh, which we all do.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, there are some parts of people's games that that I do and don't want to have. You know, I'm not really interested in this move, but this is good guillotine. I don't can't think of anybody who wouldn't benefit by having a good guillotine.
2: Yeah, it's it's a basic move, but it's a very effective move. So uh, we could all use that.
1: Yeah, Gary, what do you say we get with the interview with know? Uh, Let's get it going. All right. Here's a quick message uh, from the most interesting grappler in the world, and then we'll uh, roll right on to the interview with our friend, Yanal. He is the most interesting grappler in the world. He does the barambolo while passing your guard. He is known
3: for a lightning-fast gi choke that he only does in no gi. His triangle choke has four sides.
1: One of his cauliflower ears was eaten by a vegetarian. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do,
2: I prefer the BJJ Brick podcast. Stay sweaty, my friends.
1: All right my friends I have Yanol Shazana here with me on the podcast how are you doing today
3: Um well I'm fine and I like uh, thank you a lot for this interview and it's nice to hear your voice
1: Well thank you um You're <clears throat> you are from Jordan It's it's an honor to have somebody um you know we're starting to get out there a little more internationally and 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 it's going to be fun today to to listen and to hear about how uh, things are going over there as far as the jiu-jitsu scene, uh, gi and no gi, and a little bit of MMA stuff. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of it's, it's fun to, to watch the sport grow uh, around the world. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yannal, uh, if somebody hasn't uh, heard of you, could you kind of describe yourself and what you do uh, okay. on and off the mat a little bit?
3: Um, well, uh, my name is Yannal Shahzada. I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu under uh, Coach Samuel Jamal, who is a fourth-degree black belt. Um, I started uh, jitsu in 2008. Um, my the doctor like first when I started the first like first month I uh, started jitsu. The I, I cranked my elbow actually, so the doctor told me like you must be like like one month to get out of training and not to train. Yeah. So after uh, one week, I couldn't, like, stop training. So I went back to training. I said, like, God, give me uh, two arms, you know, not one.
1: <laughs>
3: so <laughs> so I, I continued. And from the the moment that I continued in 2008 till now, maybe I only skipped one week. I was sick in it only.
1: That's that's uh, that's really good. And, and you've had, it sounds like, good health and good... Uh... Good training record there. How'd you hurt your elbow in your first month? Um,
3: well, actually, uh, an, uh, the, my opponent did for me an arm bar, you know. So I, I was like, I had uh, like a bit of ego, you know, because it's my, it's my first my yeah. uh, first month. So I, I didn't want to tap, so it cranked, you know. So that's what happened.
1: But it, it it you see, just use the other arm mostly for that month for a little while. <laughs> exactly, the doctor
3: told me like for three months, like you must stop training jitsu. But I I, I continued training in one hand, and uh, till now, as I told you before, uh, I only skipped maybe one week. Yeah,
1: really sick of it. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. So you started in two thousand eight. When did when did jiu- 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 jitsu come to Jordan?
3: Well, jitsu started in Jordan in two thousand three but it wasn't like so familiar you know because no one like knew about it but uh, it became like famous uh, in 2005 2006 and now it's growing more and more and becoming like there's a lot of jiu jitsu clubs and mma clubs in jordan
1: Do you remember why you started
3: Well actually I started because um like I I I was into a lot of martial arts I did taekwondo and like uh, wing chong, you know? Yeah. But uh, the reason that I like jiu-jitsu because it's a full-contact sport, you know? It's not like other sports, like you're punching a bag or hitting a bag. It's a full-contact sport. And besides, it's good for your health and uh, for your physical and mental health, you know? Um, And also, the nice thing about jiu-jitsu, it's like put you in 100% of uh, training, not like just you get dressed, and uh, yeah. like while you're rolling, you're always uh, putting pressure, you're you're trying to, to push your opponent, you know, so I liked it a lot.
1: You like the aspect that you could you could train harder than you could like in a in striking art, where you have to kind of pull back and not not hit as hard sometimes, right? Is that what I'm getting?
3: Exactly, exactly.
1: Cool. Do you remember what it was like when you started? Has it sorry has it has it has the classes changed quite a bit since you started in the in 2008
3: it's, or yeah yeah exactly like all the classes changed like every opponent became like more tough you know when we started we were all beginners like there we were like white and blue belts only there were there weren't purple or purple or brown or black belts you know so like we always like fighting yeah, like like for now, I'm telling my students, like, um, you're lucky because you have a brown belt that is rolling with you, yeah. you know, or scoring with you. Uh, at our time, we're all, like, white or blue belts, so it wasn't that tough like now, you know. They're lucky. They have a lot of, uh, you know, guys to train with. We have black, brown, purple, so... At our time, it was only white and blue belts, so no one to train with
1: yeah, I think when it first comes to a place it's it's it 's kind of difficult to get to get better very quickly because you don 't have the upper belts telling you what you 're doing wrong. you just have to figure it out for yourself, and hopefully your training partners will pick up on your mistakes and and, exactly. and show you those. And you'll
3: get and you 'll get more injured because like you 're both like uh, Beginner and beginner, they always like fighting tough, you know. Yeah, don't watch, not like an advanced guy with beginner. He's always (laughs) like, uh, if you want to tap you out, he will wait for you a bit for for you to tap. Not like a beginner,
1: (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. What do you do off of the mat for fun? Well,
3: well, actually, I like, uh, I enjoy like like watching movies. Going out for restaurants to eat. Uh, I, lo- I like. I love food. You know, it's my passion. <laughs> like my other hobby, to eat like uh, something healthy, of course, like steaks, like chicken. Uh, other than that, there is nothing. Uh, honestly, only food and uh, movies.
1: <laughs> good movies and jujitsu. That's not. That's not so bad. <laughs> exactly. That, that's pretty good. Yeah. What weight class are you? Do you compete in?
3: Yeah. I, my weight class is in, in, in kilos. It's 94. Okay. I'm not sure how much is it in pounds, but it's 94 kilos, under 94. And I also compete on open weight. Okay. Yes.
1: So you've, com- you've competed quite a bit. Could you tell us a little bit about your competition uh, background?
3: Yeah. First, my first international competition, it was in the Emirates Super Cup in 2012 in Abu Dhabi. It's actually my first tournament to compete in internationally. Um, And I was surprised by myself that uh, on the no gi, I brought like uh, one silver and on the open weight one bronze. And the second day in the gi, I brought two golds on my weight division and on the open weight. So I was like surprised of myself. I said, like, I can do it, you know. Yeah. And actually, my parents. uh, my parents like didn't hear that i won only from the newspaper (laughs) the second (laughs) day you know (laughs) yeah so you got
1: uh, you're in the newspaper for that that's cool
3: exactly yeah and my parents knew from the newspaper but later on uh, i competed in 2013 um like eight or seven times but the most like uh, comp- like in Abu Dhabi cup in uh, 2014 I was the only one to win like four gold medals on my weight open weight both gi and nogi and it was for me like a big achievement because I like I was the only one to bring four gold medals in one single tournament
1: that is, that is impressive so you exactly. definitely uh, look like you're one of the top competitors uh, in that region there how, yeah, how big of a- well, um
3: i don't want to t- talk a lot about myself, but uh, <laughs> they all know me, you know.
1: Yeah, that's and, that's good.
3: Yeah, like someone of my team went there to compete, they tell him, you're from Yanal's school, you're Yanal's you're friend, you know, they're all afraid from me. And uh, the nice thing also, that, that the best achievement for me, it was in the Arabian Gulf Cup, also in 2013. Um, sorry, 2014. Okay. Um, I I won uh, Abdullah Asayev, who's the world championship world champion of Abu Dhabi in 2013. I, I managed beat, uh, to beat him by points, of course, seven uh, four. So it was a that's good. It's my greatest achievement ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is good. How what kind of a draw does the competitions in Abu Dhabi have like? Where do people come from to go there?
3: Yeah. Um, Abu Dhabi, like, you mean the nationalities?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, we're, we're like people coming from Russia and from.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, Abu Dhabi, as I told you, it's becoming like international. Everyone is going there. There is from Russia, there is from uh, Brazil, there is from Ukraine, from Poland, from Singapore, from China. You know, it's becoming like. Uh, international it's not like just a, like a local tournament yeah. like it's always abu dhabi tournaments they are all international you know so there's a lot of nationalities and especially it, especially russians and uh, brazilian
1: and they and they have prize money and that probably makes more competition come right
3: it, exactly that's why like in abu dhabi the, the competitors they are more tough because either they're uh, they won the one that trials, you know, for the World Cup, yeah, or uh, like they come for money,
1: yeah. That always draw the, the the best on people
3: the, on the high level belts, like black and brown. There's a lot of uh, prize money, especially in the World Pro. Like it's reached, like uh, let's say ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars.
1: Wow! So, that, yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> exactly. That that's that's cool. I wish we had that here.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what what is your uh could you tell us a little bit about your style or 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 like the some of the submissions that you like to do the most?
3: Well, um my I, the most submission like I, I do and everyone in the class like tell me, "Oh, god, like always you do it for us." It's the arm crank either from the half guard position or from the full guard.
1: Is it um like a kimura, like behind the back, or like no, a straight arm? it's like arm? an
3: armbar. Okay, it's an arm bar, but it's opposite. It's above the elbow.
1: Okay, it, are you using? Um, it's different than armbar, though. Are you using like your shoulder and your and your head to control the hand, or trying to picture? Exactly.
3: I'm using like my my uh, wrist to control the elbow.
1: Okay, and then you know? w- where is their hand?
3: Their their arm is extended on my shoulder. Okay,
1: I got you. So okay,
3: yes, exactly. It's arm crank.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I'm trying to. Yeah, we have. Um, I don't. I guess we, I don't have a, a, a name for that particular move. I know what you're talking about like from half or from from guard when you you kind of trap their hand with your with your shoulder and, and your neck and then you kind of get off to the side and put pressure on the I back do, of their elbow, right? I put that pressure on the elbow. Exactly. Okay. Cool that's that's a tricky yeah. one to pull off that's that's good that you could do that so well <laughs> by the
3: way in Abu Dhabi like in the most tournaments I submitted all the guys in this move
1: have <laughs> you did you really
3: yeah
1: what's what's the key what am I doing wrong when i when i when they when they just get out of it when they're able to bend their elbow or to to pull their hand out
3: well it's difficult you know because like when you when you when I'm holding the arm his arm yeah I'm like um using my legs to to push his face, you know? Okay. So actually, I'm trapping his head. So if the, his head can't move, his whole body can't move. So actually, he tap from the pressure, you know?
1: That makes sense. I'll, I'll give that a try. That sounds fun. Yeah, try it. <laughs> or,
3: you can, or sometimes I also use it from the side mount position. Yeah. Like I close the triangle over the head. Yeah. And I extend his arm and do also the arm crank from this position.
1: That that yeah I see I'll see if I could get that on Gary that'll be fun,
3: yeah yeah uh, well, of course, one day I'll put it, or you can also find it on YouTube, I think one of my fights like I ended like this
1: okay yeah I'll, I'll try to if I find it, I'll put a link to it on the on the show notes exactly. for everybody to see
3: yeah
1: so how often do you train
3: um well actually i I train like three times per week. And three times I do cardio. Like three days I do cardio and three days I do jiu-jitsu. I don't like to train every day because I, I feel like you need, your body needs, needs recovery, you know? Yeah. So I train like three days per week, but really training like for two or three hours, continuous.
1: Yeah, that sounds intense. That's good a training. What do you do for your cardio?
3: My cardio. Actually, I do like all that cardio, like the pull-ups, push-up. Like I do also with the gee pull-ups. Um, I do like burpees, um, all uh, sprinting, because like I believe like the cardio for the jitsu, it must be like 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 increasing your heart rate and decreasing it one time. Like you know, like changing your heart rate.
1: Oh like like during a match how it'll go fast sometimes and then it will slow it's down to,
3: like to explode like in a, like in a, in a fight you're yeah. like closing guard your 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 heart rate is like really low and you all of a sudden you explode you know so your heart rate go up so that's why why I do like sprints like for 1 minute sprinting 1 minute resting 1 minute sprinting 1 minute resting like this
1: Cool what what are your uh, goals that you have for yourself
3: well actually my goals like uh like like every fighter dream like one day to be a world championship world champion i mean um and for now like in uh in in February, I got like a tournament in Qatar in doha it's like invitation for me to fight like a super fight against uh, some guy from Abu Dhabi so like, uh, this is my mission now, to win this tournament, because it's like, uh, there, is, there will be in it Roger Gracie, Rafael Lavato there is a yeah. lot of uh, good names in it. So I'm invited to it to fight. In, uh, That's in, in February? February? Exactly.
1: That, do you have a day?
3: Um, I, I, honestly, they didn't send me still the okay. schedule, but they told me it's in February. Wow. It was uh, in December, then they changed it till uh, February.
1: Wow, I'll be I'll be watching watching for you. That'll be fun. And if I could,
3: <laughs> thank you. Just wish me to win because I, it's a tough fight, and uh, it's the first time for Qatar to do like uh, like like a metamorph style fight. Just
1: know? just one just just one fight for the day. Like it's not a tournament where you fight multiple people, but you just have one super fight. Is that right?
3: No, it's only one super fight. Yes, cool. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. That'll be good. You'll be able to use. You don't have to worry about saving energy for the next person.
3: No, <laughs> but it's actually tiring because maybe it's twenty minutes. Oh I yeah, think I must end it by submission or something like this. Oh, it's but submission I'm, only. I'm honestly, I'm honestly not sure about it. But they sent me already the details, but I'm waiting for the contract.
1: So have you have you been keep? Have you watched most of the metamorphoses that we've had?
3: Yes, uh, I like metamoris a lot, and I believe like uh, jitsu, it must be more th- about submission than points. You know, yeah, like points. It's like especially the advantage thing. You know, it's for me, it's uh, kind of weird. You know, like uh, they must get rid of the advantage, and at ad- okay, um, for the points, it's okay for me, but for the advantage, like sometimes, like you lose the fight of advantage, and it's like nothing. You know. So, but for me, I prefer submission. I always go for submission.
1: Yeah. So, the yeah. the tournaments that you've done so far, have they been, we've had points and advantages or, or just points?
3: No, points and advantages. But there is a lot of time uh, I lost like uh, advantage, like, but it, the, like the referee cheated, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm
3: not sure, but that's why I hurt points and uh, advantages. I prefer submission. And I believe, like the, all the tournaments, must be about submission, like metamorph style.
1: Yeah, that, that's that, when you train you It seems like we're training to to get the submission, and then when when sometimes when, when people compete, they they kind of forget that, or they they don't focus on that, and they just want to win, even if exactly. it doesn't include getting a submission. So it's different but for everybody. I
3: mean, but... It's not for like for the points thing, you know. Like sometimes uh, the referee like cheat or. You know, it's not like uh, something good like the points. I, I I go for submission. That's the best thing to do.
1: Yeah, if, <laughs> Especially
3: he, if you know that the referee is a cheater or something, you always go for submission.
1: If he taps, you win, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do do have you experienced how much of like a, like a referee from a different country will not not be as fair sometimes?
3: yeah yeah and uh, sometimes in abu dhabi like uh, i don't want to talk about them but i mean like uh, if the the guy is uh, his nationality is from uh, the emirate or something yeah and uh, the referee is always with him that's one once happened with me the same this thing happened with me once like uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say it, there's nothing to hide. Like um, the fighter is a Emirati, and he told me, like, uh, listen, Yanal, I'll give you the fight, but don't tap me out in front of my father because he's watching the match. Yeah, I said, okay, I will not tap you out. I, I will end it by eight points. He told me, okay. I went for side mount. The referee is not putting me a points. Mount, no points. I'm taking the back. There is no points. <laughs> Then I discovered that the referee is with him, so I tapped him out, I choked him out, and I told him <laughs> <them> I forgot.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, so he was so, gonna win
3: yeah exactly and and I'm looking at the screen the points for him, you know, not for me. <laughs>
1: so, wow, is there a video of that or was it on film
3: no there there is actually a video, but I didn't like uh, upload it
1: yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah. strange.
3: Yeah,
1: exactly. The, the, that's 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 too bad because I mean, it if if you know you're you're a good competitor, you train hard, you're working, you know, you get out there, and if and if you start to lose this way, you're going to lose the interest in competing. You know, it's going to take the fun out of it for you. I mean, it's okay to lose, but if you go out there and you win and then you lose, yeah. like th- that, eventually will will take the sport and, and less people in the, in your region are going to compete because it, just, they just it's not fair. And people that the, people want a fair competition. I don't, you don't. You can't always win, but you. But if you lose and it was fair, well, you you fought hard. I mean, sometimes you got to lose.
3: Of course, I, I, the, the, the thing that uh, people like always, especially BJJ competitors, there's this ego thing. You know, like I don't want to lose. Uh, no, no. But I, for me, like every time you lose, it will open your your mind on something new. You know. So it's not, and as they say in jitsu, there is no losing. There is either winning or uh, what you call it. I forgot what they said about well,
1: either it, winning or you learn, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How long have you and, been a brown belt? Sorry. How, how long have you been a brown belt?
3: Well, actually, in uh, in May, I received my brown belt. Uh I took it from my grandmaster, which is uh, Master Fabricio Martinez, his uh, red and black belt, seven dan, uh, seven dan- uh, red and black belt. So I received it in May, in the 20th of May, I guess.
1: Cool. Can you think of anything that you've learned since you've gotten your black belt that you didn't really think about or, or know as a purple belt?
3: Um, on the brown belt, you mean?
1: Yeah, since you've gotten it.
3: Yeah, well, the brown belt now, it's... For me, a brown belt, it's like a white belt from, uh, you know, the legs. (laughs) From the... You know, from your legs. Because, like, you're a white belt now because there is a knee bar, there is a a cap slicer, there is the... You know, so it's like a white belt for the legs, (laughs) not for the arms, you know? So, yeah, for me now, I'm focusing on leg locks. I'm uh, training for knee bars because... uh, now you're using your legs also, not only your hands. Like in uh, blue belt and yeah. purple, you have only a straight foot lock, But in brown belt, you have knee bar, calf slicer, a heel hook. You know, there's a lot of things. So, I'm, yeah, now I'm training uh, these moves, you know.
1: So did you not – I know like as a purple belt and a blue belt, you could not do those techniques. But exactly. c- would you – could you train them at, at, at your school?
3: Um, well, to be honest, we, we don't train them because, like, um, especially for white or blue belt, sometimes yeah. they're like the leg is more dangerous than the arm. You know, yeah, that you, like you walk on your feet. You know, so if you get injured, you can't walk. So, no, we don't teach them until you reach brown and black belt only.
1: And, and you have some 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 guys there that you could train with that will that know them.
3: Yeah, yeah, of course. That's we good. have like a bunch of brown belts, like we have four brown belts and we have three black belts and the other, they're purple, blue, white.
1: So at these international uh, competitions, is there one region that, that does leg locks pretty well?
3: Well, uh, well, I believe, you know, I believe uh, the Russians. Yeah,
1: that's what I was, I was going to say.
3: <laughs> yeah. The Russians, they're good in the footlocks because they're all wrestlers and sambo black belts. Yeah. Like, they compete under blue belts, and there are black belts in sambo, and they're wrestlers, you know. So they're really tough.
1: Yeah. They, you got to watch your feet. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, if they've been doing that, doing the, the sambo and for, like, a long time, they, they're they good at those, you know. That's what they've been training. And, and like you said, the white belt a white belt uh, you know for your legs like the defense it's going to be uh, it's really hard you, well you just have to to be ready for them I think and you'll do fine
3: yeah but but like in, you know the Russians are, they're competing in like Abu Dhabi in yeah blue belt or purple and their black belts in Sambo are there for like uh, 10 or 15 years wrestlers so like you'll be like really shocked their strength, <laughs> their strength is so powerful you know yeah <laughs> And you say, "Oh my God, it's a blue belt. He must be a black belt." You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes we and we get that here because we have a lot of uh, like in our schools, people wrestle, and they get you can become an amazing wrestler just yeah. just doing it as a kid all through school, and then exactly. you, you you put a key on, and it changes things. But your wrestling still works pretty well.
3: Exactly, but also like in my 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 class. I always focus, you know, on specific rolling and fighting, more than the move. Because I believe, like, the move, like, if someone doesn't know jiu-jitsu and, like, he's uh, fighting for, like, let's say one year, um, from the taps that he will make, he he will ask questions, you know, like, how will I protect myself, how I will attack, you know. So I always focus in my class on specific rolling and fighting more than the move itself.
1: That's, yeah, that's cool
3: Especially specific rolling Because it will put you in each position From the half guard, from the mount, from the open guard It put, will put you under pressure Not like when you're doing a move Sometimes like you do a, a fancy move And you, you will try to do it in a fight It won't work You know, so yeah. The specific rolling and the fighting Make it work
1: <laughs> So do you start in a certain position And, and, and train that way?
3: Exactly. Like, I I, I give a move, of course, but, like, the time that I spend for the move is not like, let's say my class is one hour and a half, I warm up, like, for 20 minutes, we warm up, then I give a move for 10 minutes, or 12, 15 minutes, and the rest, one hour, half, half an hour, specific rolling from every position for two minutes each set.
1: And then the last half an hour, it's all fighting, sparring. That that sounds like a fun class. Yeah, to learn to learn one day. Let's say you're getting ready to compete, uh, like like your big like your big tournament or your big uh, super fight in February. Yeah, Um, it's it's natural to kind of you know be um, excited or nervous or whatever. What do you do before a, a big match to get yourself ready?
3: Well, before a big match, I always train hard. Like, uh, like instead of like uh, training three days, I train six days a week. I increase my cardio. I watch out of my food. I eat a lot of carbs, especially sweet potatoes. Yeah. And uh, during before the fight, when I'm warming up, I just put uh, my headphones and listen to music and warm up good because, like, if you don't warm up. You go into the fight, you are like kind of like lazy, you know. You're like closing the guard. You don't know what to do. But when you, <laughs> but when you warm up really good, when you sweat a lot, like it will put you, you will be ready to fight. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, exactly.
1: Do you do you grab a, a teammate and kind of, kind of roll with them, or do you do you jog, or how do you warm up?
3: I warm up usually. I do jumping jacks and the sprawls.
1: Yeah, good.
3: Yeah, yes. You- and I wear a lot of jackets to warm me up.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> let's let's like say- every, Yeah, everyone is staring at you. Like for you warming up is, uh, is like looking at you. Your opponent want to kill you, you know. So I don't uh, care about this these things. I just put my music on, and uh, if I lose, I lose. If I win, I will win.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. that's imp- yeah, it, that's important to accept. Like. There's a possibility you could lose, but exactly. if you go out there and, you, and, you, and you fight hard and you try to play your game, exactly. if, if like, you're able you to know, win, you the should. Most
3: important thing always is like to fight till your max, like like to really fight, like do your best. And if you lose, there's no problem. But if you don't do your best and you fight, you know, like you will never win.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes people have a hard time d- doing that. Obviously, uh, you're, you're able to go out there and compete and do well, but like they, they go out there and they just they're, they're too nervous, or they, they, like you said, they're not warmed up good and they're they're kind of slow starting. Exactly. So that's just fight to your to your max, like you said.
3: Exactly. Like I remember the first time I competed in that 2012. I was really nervous, you know, um, and I didn't warm up a lot, so I went into the first fight, but thanks God I won, but it was really a miserable fight for me, you know, I won by like uh, really points, you know, but then the second fight and the third fight, I was uh, doing well, but I, I I learned, I discovered that warming up before the fight, like sweating a lot will make you fight better, you know. Yeah.
1: Um the the tournaments you compete in do they have a a rule against um knee reaping?
3: Exactly. There is knee reaping and uh, all all the the things that are not allowed in the IBF rules they apply in Abu Dhabi.
1: So they they do allow the knee reaping or they don't al- allow it? No, they don't allow it. Okay. That that yeah. that makes the leg locks a lot uh less of a of a threat. Exactly. Because all the seems like most of the really good leg locks, you got to reap the knee. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, especially in MMA, it's allowed,
1: you know. That, like, yeah, that's yeah. a very strong yeah. leg lock to, yeah. to do that. Yes, so that that's good for you uh, to learn your leg lock escapes if they're not able to to cross that that middle line with their outside leg.
3: Exactly. But sometimes you know your opponent like uh once I heard that the uh, opponent of a guy that is reaping, he h- holds his uh, his foot and he bring it inside, you know, so the referee disqualify him, you know, yeah, so I always try to put my leg from the outside to the inside, not uh, the opposite to be like in the safe side, you know,
1: yeah, you gotta keep it gotta keep it make it easy for the refs to not get you in trouble, you know, be safe exactly. With that. <laughs> if you've got if one of your students is going to do their first tournament what would you tell them like advice wise
3: well actually they did (laughs) yeah yeah, the the in, in Jordan there is a local uh, tournament. Um, uh, a lot of my students won a lot of uh, like gold medals and silver medals. But what I tell them to do, actually, you know, for me, since I competed like in Abu Dhabi and no one went with me with my teammates, I only went alone. Yeah, um, I prefer like during your fight uh, not to tell. If I'm the coach, I will not tell my students what to do you know i leave him to do what he know
1: yeah
3: so it's like if i shout to him do this do side mount do no no he's going to get confused you know so i'll even if he loses it's okay you yeah know? so that's i don't like to interrupt like to tell him what to do
1: i i i, I you, so, sometimes it seems like you know like a remote control will will change the channel on a tv and and, and like somebody wants to control the the person on the mat with a remote. They tell him, you know, grab with your left arm and now yeah. move your – like it, you've trained that person. You know, that's your yeah. student. He, he, they know what to do because you've taught them what to do. Exactly. You know, like let them, let them work. Let them fight the fight.
3: Exactly, and even if he lost, you know, I'll teach him what to do next time. But I don't like like to confuse him a lot. Like, one hundred uh, person is shouting, and I'm shouting with them. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, you, you know, I think when I'm when I'm coaching, if there's something that they totally are like, if they're too nervous and they don't see something that they're really good at, maybe I'll I'll tell them. Or if they exactly. if they're getting in trouble and they don't realize it, I'll try to let them know that hey, he, yeah. he's looking for your arm or something. But let them. I like your. Let, you know, let them do what they're gonna do. It's it's them, and you did that a lot, you know, because you said you would travel and go by yourself.
3: Exactly, and you know, you know, one story that happened with me. I'm gonna tell you two funny stories. Good. By the way. Uh, first one, um, in Abu Dhabi, um, in the Abu Dhabi Cup, I, I went alone. You know, there is no coach with me, no one. So, uh, my opponent's coach. It's like, tell him, um, hold him, you know, uh, grab him, hold him well from the side mount. I was really angry, so I did well, you know. So Ah. Sometimes, like, bad things turn to good things, you know. Like, I did well because he's always telling him, like, put pressure on him. And when I'm hearing him, I was really angry, you know. So I explode more. I was really tired. So, That's <laughs> and the second funny story about me, uh, since I told you I never quit Jiu-Jitsu, so maybe for seven days only, since the seven years, Yeah, that I did a LASIK operation for my eyes, Okay, and the doctor told me, like, uh, be careful, you must not train for four months, uh, otherwise if oh, wow. you know, someone's finger came inside your eye, it's a big problem. So, I went... Uh, like as as usual, I, I continued training <laughs> without skipping. I I took my I bought like a, a goggles, you know. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> and
3: I put them and I trained with them. But the problem with them, it was like really there's a lot of steam coming out of them. Oh.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I went and I bought like a basketball glasses. Yeah. And each like one week I spent like twenty dollars. For the glasses, because they, they keep they keep breaking up, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not so made that, for people to to try to smash your face or choke you or triangle choke.
3: Exactly, but for me, not to stop training. Like I kept training, even the doctor told me uh, a lot of uh, people like saying you're crazy. You go train. You <laughs> did the surgery. Second day you went for training. You know.
1: I, I could but, just picture yeah. you with with the with the goggles on and, and they're all <laughs> fogged up. You can't see anything. <laughs>
3: yeah, you're kind of blind. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking back to when you would go travel alone and go compete. Um, what was that? I mean, people do that here a lot of times. Like a big team will go and they and the whole team is there and they're competing together. But but a lot of times somebody you know is from a smaller team. They buy their their plane ticket and they show up. They're by themselves. Do you have any advice for somebody that that's in that situation?
3: Um, well, well, for for let's say for me, like uh, I used to do that, you know. But always I'm searching for sponsorship, you know. Yeah. And I did, like I found a couple of sponsors, but they don't always sponsor me, you know. This is the problem with the the international tournament that you must find like a spon- a real sponsor. You know, but uh, like, but for for me, for my students uh, in uh, in uh, sorry in uh, in April, my students, I told them to compete in the World Professional Jiu Jitsu Cup and to pay from their own money, just to try what is the the tournament feels like. You know? Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. like. Like, you must spend money, you know, if there's no sponsor and, like, you want to become a better fighter, to become, like, a world champion, to become a famous person. You must, like, spend a bit of money until you find a good sponsor for you.
1: Yeah, that's that's part of the – I mean, you spend a lot of time. You're going to have to spend some money traveling and, and competing. Exactly. Training. Like,
3: especially – there's a lot of countries that don't have any – tournament like uh, you know so they're unlucky because they must always travel to either europe or uh, america or brazil or you know so they spend a lot of money of course but uh, if you did well and you train hard on yourself it's worth it
1: yeah when, when you uh, when you go to um like abu dhabi and they and they give you prize money do you usually do you make money or do you is it even
3: money but i mean i spend it there
1: <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> you
3: know like i buy a lot of things I yeah love, i love i love i love electronics you know and i like hotels and traveling so actually like if i want money there instead of leaving like uh, uh, dubai or abu Dhabi, like in two days i leave it after 10 days i spend more 10 days there
1: ah you stay a little longer is exactly. the, are you able to train there
3: yeah, actually, there's a lot of uh, like uh, dojos there. I go train with them. And one of them, it's the, a the pride fitness center. Uh, I trained with them, and uh, I did really well. I was really a purple belt, and uh, I did well with the black belts. They told me, no way you're a purple belt. I said, yes, <laughs> I'm <am> a purple belt. <laughs> and then I, when I went, came back, I got promoted to brown
1: belt. Well, cool. That yeah. sounds like a, a good... A good uh Way to remember how you got promoted to be a brown belt. Do you remember what you were like as a blue belt?
3: Well, the blue belt, for me, it was it was like I discovered the whole jitsu in the blue belt. Not the whole jitsu, yeah. but I discovered a lot of moves. It's the most belt that I got improved on it, and it's the... Hardest belt I ever competed on it. <laughs> yeah, because you know there's a lot of blue belts. Like in the bracket, you find twenty or thirty persons with you. You know, it's not like, uh, like, like they say, like not of a lot of people reach purple and brown and black belt, especially brown and black, because it's a long time. You know, it's yeah, like seven, eight years. Um, so especially in Abu Dhabi Cup when I got the four gold medals, I oh my god, I played on the no gi the first day i played like 12 matches and the second day on the e10 you know wow (laughs) and all the opponents are russians oh man (laughs) yeah so the blue belt for me it was a really big transformation you know in my game and everything
1: yeah i like that you kind of say that it's it was a, like a discovery time for you uh, exactly. to learn a lot about jujitsu and and to kind of figure out what what you are going to get good at. Did you exactly. were you doing your um, your arm crank as a blue belt or was that did that come later?
3: No, actually on the when we, I became a advanced blue belt, I started doing this. But when I reached purple, I I, I started like adding or adjusting my move. You know. Yeah and also on purple belt I did something if you open also the YouTube videos I did a modified uh, X guard sweep I did it alone I don't know it's, it's a modified one I swept uh, uh, his name Abdullah Asayev who's the world champion I told you before yeah. I swept him two times with this move nice yeah, so if you watch my fight uh, on YouTube, you will see it. It's a modified X guard. I, I I did it, like I prevented, you know, That's, on my purple
1: belt. That that and is cool. Still
3: working, still working till now.
1: <laughs> you, know, you know, I've been. Uh, I think it maybe as a blue belt. I was competing with a guy, and he swept me one time. Yeah. And, you know, we keep going, and I end up getting back on top. And he did the same sweep the second time. I feel like an idiot. Like, he's doing it again. Like, like uh, I, I was, like, disappointed as he was doing it that, oh, he's doing it again. <laughs>
3: no, but just seriously, you must watch it. I'll, I'll send you the video of it.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, it's yeah really, I'll put it. It
3: works really good.
1: Trust cool. You. I'll put a link to it. It'll be fun to watch yeah, that one.
3: Please do. Please do.
1: Do you have any advice for a student? Like, let's say they're in that kind of that blue belt phase, they're learning, they're like discovering about their jujitsu. Um, yeah. How how do they take that and then figure out what's good for them to do?
3: Um, like a new, 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 new students. Yeah. Know, we um. Well, look. Uh, to be honest with you, at uh, a white belt, um, till six months for a new person to start to discover what's jiu-jitsu about. Like, I remember when I first started, the first six months, I was, like, really putting pressure, and everyone is sweeping me because, like, in jiu-jitsu, like, you must not put a lot of power. You must balance yourself. I was really the opposite. I was, like, putting a lot of force, and the guy, all of a sudden, he sweeped me, you know? So yeah. for new students, I, I tell them, like, uh, take your time, you um, for me on the white belt, I stayed for two years, four months on my white belt till I get the blue, got my blue belt so the white belt there's a lot of things that you will still need to learn and I believe like the belt from white to blue, it must be the longest time
1: yeah ever. <laughs> it, there's yes. a lot of learning there exactly um, so like the first year of a student, what would be a good goal for that person?
3: The first, like what to learn exactly?
1: Yeah, like or what to learn, or what they what they should try to focus on.
3: I think they must focus on like uh, like attacking from the guard or from or controlling the the side mount position. How to control a guy like the around the world thing, like the scarf, the side mount, the north south, and the mount. This is the best drill ever for new uh, students because. At the first thing, like, you, you must know how to defend yourself rather than attacking, you know. Then when you learn how to defeat yourself, you, you will uh, start attacking. So for me, I've, I, I tell the new uh, students, like, always focus on uh, basic things that will help you, like, to improve your game, not, like, to attack. Like go for like a lot of students they go for an armbar you know they're they're happy with the armbar but for me my students I always teach them the side mount control and how to control the person rather than attacking attacking I teach it like later stages at six seven months later
1: so you you mentioned a drill you called around the world so I'm picturing. you start with sight control, like you're, both your knees are, are near their body, and you go Step. to like the, the, the scarf fold to where you turn your hips, and then you Step. go around to north-south, and then you go back around reverse the whole way. Star. Yeah, okay, reverse it. Part. And then you go all the way to mount. And yeah. being able to, to do those transitions and yeah. and keep control is, is going to help them their entire the entire time they do jiu-jitsu, not just as a white belt.
3: No, not just a white
1: ball. You need that all but the time. The
3: first, yeah, but the first couple of months, I think they must be, the focus. It must be on this position. Yeah,
1: like,
3: because it's it the jitsu. It's all about the hip moving your hip.
1: Yeah, and there is a lot of yeah that that drill. There's a lot of good hip movement, and if your hips are wrong, they're gonna get out.
3: Exactly. Exactly. It's gonna shrimp and recover the guard. So I always uh, do the around the world. I focus on it a lot, and then. I proceed for the guard, you know, because for my, the second important thing is how to sweep from the guard, you know.
1: What sweep do you like for a new student?
3: For a new student, scissor sweep.
1: Yep, that was my first sweep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's really effective, the scissor yeah. sweep, you know. I like it a lot.
1: And then they yeah. always say, it doesn't work anymore. Because because the guy will like sit back and put the weight on his on his legs. Well, you have to yeah, pull him onto on you, you know, and you get the weight lie, off your legs.
3: Doesn't work, yeah. Because I believe, like in the in the <clears throat> scissor sweep, if the guy have a good base, is opening his knees a lot, yeah. Then you must like kick his knee with your foot in order to sweep him, not to use the regular scissor sweep, yeah. But it does it doesn't have a balance. You use the scissor sweep, but if, if he's opening his uh, knees a lot, he have a good posture, good pace, you must kick his knee.
1: To put your with... foot on the top of his knee and push it away?
3: Exactly. I,
1: you know, I like that because I remember doing that, and it was like, yeah. you know, I learned the scissor sweep, I liked it, and then it didn't work. And then, yeah. then th- that's the way all of jiu is. Like, you learn a move, and then it works, and then people figure it out. And it doesn't work. <laughs> like, you have to figure out what's next. Every, every technique I have, there's always, like, what do I have to do when they do this? Okay, he has a good base. Push the leg. And that, so that yeah. same theme of, like, okay, he's going he's gonna to do this to prevent my triangle choke. Now I have to do this. You, you just move to the next thing. You can't keep trying to do the same scissor sweep. You got to push his leg away. I like I that. That's so. a good way for to learn about, yeah. like, jiu-jitsu in general.
3: Yes, you must always change your game. Especially if you, you're training in the same uh, place, same dojo, and yeah. uh, all the, your uh, your uh, partners like uh, know your move, it will become it will not work again. But if you went to another dojo, it will work. So you must always keep changing your game for yeah. them to get confused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and to get better and to learn more things too. Exactly. W- what are some some traits or some like a personality trait or in, anything really about like a new student that you think uh, when you see them that they'll, they'll pick it up and they'll do good at you just um,
3: um, well I believe if they're paying attention to me yeah that's a big one <laughs> exactly but there's there's a lot of like students like they get really bored you know I like to focus on one or two moves and keep repeating them But a lot of students, like, they get, like, really, they start talking, you know. They don't want, like, you did it? Yes, I did it. Show me. He he will not do it well. So, and there is another type of students which they pay attention and they'll get, like, they want the game to become better. They want to become uh, good fighters, you know. They're always uh, paying attention. But... uh, For me, a good student will always uh, repeat the position, will not get, like, uh, really bored of the position. And if I see uh, the other guy is bored and talking and uh, is uh, is not really serious, I I, I separate him from my good student. Because if he went with my good student, he will...
1: (laughs) Yeah, he'll slow that good student down. Exactly. So So I always
3: make sure that if I'm seeing a group of students that... Are really willing to become like a, a really fighters to compete. I give them more time than the regular students that were coming just to have fun. You know.
1: Yeah. So so p- pay attention when he's showing the technique, and then when yeah. it's time for you to do the technique, use all of that time and continue exactly. to do the technique and and to and to, to try to figure it out more than just I do it four or five times. I think you understand it because it takes way more than that to get a technique done.
3: Exactly, especially in the fight as I told you before. Like it's the most important for me the move to work in the fight, not to move like while you're doing it. Because when you go compete and the move doesn't work because you didn't do it well or you didn't practice it a lot. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why specific rolling, as I mentioned before, it's a good way to put you in every position under pressure.
1: Yeah. So uh, we're in December now, um, so next year you have a super fight. What else do you have coming up next year?
3: Um, after Qatar in Doha, I have the World Pro in April, the World Professional Jitsu in Abu Dhabi. It's a, the it's a biggest tournament, as I mentioned before. Yeah. It's in the, in the 20th of April, 21 or 22 of April. So this is my next step after Qatar.
1: Cool. Yeah. That that'll be good. If somebody wants to keep up with you and and and, and what like watch your results and your training a little bit, um, is Facebook the best way to do that?
3: Exactly. I have a page. It's called the Anal Shahzada. It's on Facebook. Um, anyone can like like my page and uh, review my videos. I have got a lot of videos there, and everything is there.
1: Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll put a link to that and make it easy for people to find. Uh, that Please way they could go by there and, and, and like it and keep up with you and, and watch your super fight and, and, yeah. and watch you in April. That'll be a lot. Of, that'll be a lot of fun.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Do you have any sponsors you like to mention?
3: Yeah, I like to mention like uh, I have like a, too many sponsors, but I like to mention that Aromex, they're like a DHL company, and Al Shami for Ayun their eye center also. And uh, trainers gym also. It's a gym that provide me with sponsorship to, just to like train over there, and those are my sponsors for now. And I would like also to thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, uh, it's been and, it's been uh, fun, and that. I've learned a lot about about your you know some good advice from you, and and the, how the jiu jitsu is going in the area, and and it's been fun uh, learning about everything out there. Thank
3: you. And I will- one day you'll come for a visit over here. Well, it, yeah,
1: plan will I, I will. I will if I'm in the area. I will definitely give you a, give you a call, and, and it'll be it'll be. I think it'll be a lot of fun. You know.
3: Sure, sure. Thank you,
1: Brian. Yep. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, my friends. That was our interview with Yanall. Get a hold of him and like his Facebook page. Or uh, that'd be a good way to keep up with him. Um, it always interesting to hear. Jiu-Jitsu around the world and how it's developing and growing. That's cool that he was in on it so early on, and, and he's he's definitely ahead of the curve out there. Um, looking forward to watching him compete in a super fight coming up. Uh, good news, guys. Next week we have an interview with Coach John Cavanaugh from Ireland. He's a uh, straight blast gym in Ireland. He's got these top MMA guys putting on geese on a regular basis. and it, 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 it boils down to they just love it. They just love it. The, the the entire martial arts and and they're just soaking it up and i ask him you know i didn't ask him flat out what's the secret you know but what are you guys doing there what, what's going on he says they step one they enjoy it step two they've been doing it for a long time like that's those are his big keys and so we, we do dive deeper obviously in the interview but he talk it's amazing to hear such a such a high level coach talk about the the need to enjoy what you're doing and that 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 hit me good because that's that I'm big on that you know i would, n- nobody would do this if it wasn't fun i can't imagine doing this if it wasn't fun
2: yeah. well i even remember your speech when you got your black belt there you were telling everybody to have fun this is fun enjoy the journey have fun during it and you said it probably 3 4 5 times over and uh, that is your big uh big thing there is just to have fun and if you have fun i think you're going to do better
1: yeah yeah, I guess I said that. I don't remember it. <laughs> All I remember was I said like three I thanked everybody that was there and I said it was an honor and then there was like dead silence and Andre just looked at me like yeah, that's not that's not enough. And so I had to come <laughs> on.
2: Well you didn't get to prepare anything. That was right off the cuff. But yeah, you should I guess. have had practice, you know, due to the show there, Byron.
1: I'm probably probably better off because of the show, that's true. So Gary, we've got this crazy review. Why would somebody write us a review?
2: Well, first of all, because we ask people to every week, I think that might be a especially
1: uh, we do appreciate five star reviews. They help get the word out about the podcast. Um, if you write one, you know, we in a, in the past we have been had a tendency to send you out a free e patch, and we're still doing that in the, in the in the near future until we run out of patches.
2: <laughs> and we still got a bunch left. We
1: got so. quite a few. We're not we're not going to run out this week. That's for sure.
2: Maybe next week
1: <laughs> time is limited for my friends,
2: <laughs> so get your review in
1: if you write us a kind of a funny review um, or interesting review I guess and uh and, and email us at bjjbrick at gmail dot com or message us on the facebook page uh, we'll be we'll be happy to send you out a gee patch you know it's just it's just an honor to have you guys listen and then take the time out of your day to to write something about us um our friend here. This was a five-star review. So, um I'm not I'm not able to read it all. It's over a page long. Uh, a, I'm not that good at reading uh into a microphone. Uh but B, it's uh it's over a page long. So, he he does uh, cut us cut us up pretty good, which we've asked for. But uh I'll read a little bit over here. At BJJ Brick, you'll find two hosts, Byron, a recent black belt, possibly via eBay. Which I can't deny that, you know. He, he, he maybe via eBay. Gary, the old guy who seldom wears a gi, so he never reached the ranks of black belt. Which Gary would be—you've uh, trained longer than me, and you still murdered me on the mats, uh, Gary. So can't deny but anything about that.
2: I have no choke defense.
1: Yeah, so he, he says he's, he uh, speculates that Gary has developed a choke defense, which would—he has not developed a choke defense—which explain why he prefers the no gi style of grappling. Well, I'm guessing gi choke specifically. Uh, it, it goes on. There's tons of crazy stuff in here. Um, he he teases us pretty good. He also says that uh, he sleeps best on Mondays, you know, because he, <laughs> he he plays a podcast next to the bed there, and and he listens, and he just fades away into sleepy land. It's the, it's one of the best sleep aids he's ever had.
2: <laughs> I also like the part where he talks about how uh, you hog the mic. There, I Mark. do.
1: I always <laughs> feel bad, but I always want to say more stuff. <laughs> now,
2: hey, for all you listeners there. A lot of times I'm not here during a, uh, an interview, so uh, that's probably why you think Byron Hogg is a mic a little bit more. That's,
1: uh, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to get Gary to set up with where he could interview people without me, but that would be cool. But we don't have that sort of equipment laying around. I, I've got it all at my house. So basically like, I'll set up an interview, and then just I'll message Gary say, hey, are you going to be free uh, tomorrow at 2? I'm doing an interview. It's the middle of the day. It's usually during the middle of the week, and most of the time he's, at, he's busy. So, I've
2: actually done some at work. I hope none of my bosses are listening, but uh, most of the time it is Byron, so he really isn't hogging hogging the microphone.
1: Well, but, but, but just right now, I'm probably talking more than you are, man. So hog hogging the mic. <laughs> so there's tons of stuff on here on the on the review. He does say he ends up pretty clever. He goes Byron and Gary, just like the cotton ball in a bottle of aspirin. I don't know why you're in here. But it sure aggravates the heck out of me.
2: And you know, how many people have always said that about that cotton ball in the aspirin bottle? I I really never knew why it was there, I guess, to keep from shaking around maybe. But it always aggravated me when I was a kid and I was trying to get, I'd pull out the cotton and a little piece would come out. I'd have to pull out the cotton some more. Finally, I'd stick a pencil in there and pull it out. It was the only way. I hate that cotton. Well, I guess that means
1: people hate us. <laughs> Man, let's I'm just let's rephrase that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think you're right.
2: We appreciate Andy for his, uh, his comments there. Yeah. Uh, and Andy always just listened to us. And, you know, I really, really appreciate that. And, and he actually did throw in some good stuff about that. He, he put uh, BJJ Brick is very consistent. Always expect a new program ready for listening each Monday. And that's our goal, to get one out every Monday yeah. and to help Andy sleep better on Monday nights.
1: So far, so good. On The, uh, the original goal was once a week. But I think by honing it in on just Mondays, it really makes me hammer down. We're uh, recording this Sunday night, so I'll be hammering down on this thing Monday morning, um, and I'll get done. Otherwise, I could put it off for the – oh, I'll just do it Tuesday. I'll do it Wednesday. I think having Monday makes me work a little harder sometimes, but it, it makes us it more consistent.
2: But, yeah. Byron works better under stress
1: it's not really stressful it's just time allocation I guess would be an easy way to say that there you go uh, what else we got yeah I you know he's we've messaged him quite a bit on Facebook if you want to get a hold of us he, he's done that he sent us both emails at BJ brick at gmail.com uh, also good ways of Facebook so if you send us an email at Gmail I get that which is fine and if Gary needs to know something I'll forward it to him but that's that's usually just to me. If you, if you want to get a hold of both of us, message us on Facebook there, or hit us up on Twitter. Actually, Twitter's I haven't figured Twitter out either yet. So <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> message us on Facebook, and that way we'll both see it, and, uh, and and usually we'll try to respond at least at least a couple times. Like we'll sign our name at the bottom who you're talking to because it can be confusing
2: because i like to uh sign my name as byron when i'm talking to somebody and i get somebody riled up so i'm i'm used to doing that
1: gary that's, Just not, so they nice. byron. Gary, that's not very nice man <laughs> You're getting me making me look bad out there
2: i've got two dojo <laughs> two dojo storms scheduled for you for next week so uh yeah be prepared hope my time.
1: hope my little muscle in my ribs heals up by then man. <laughs> I'll, to, I'll bring your buddy shimani with me and uh we'll storm those dojos up good
2: yep shimani will be ready
1: all right, guys. If you're we're in Wichita, Kansas, middle of the country here. If you're ever in the area, give us a holler, uh, and we'll be happy to train with you. That's always fun. It's always a little disappointing when I get spotted by a uh, by a listener by the logo. It's like, dang it, that, <laughs> that looks enough like me to where they recognize me. Gary's been recognized as well, um, but for some reason, his is less uh, disappointing. <laughs> so,
2: oh well, it's a uh, it's flattery.
1: Yeah. So anyway, catch us next week. We've got John Kavanaugh. It's an amazing interview. Go back and listen to, to the interview uh, with Matt Thornton, and, and, and they're, they're right on par with each other. They're, they're good buddies, and they, they, they're always communicating with each other. They've got excellent training philosophies. So it's going to be an outstanding time next week. Um, so we'll catch you then.
2: Thank you for listening. We appreciate it.
1: Yep.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.